What's up, guys? Thank you all for checking out this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got plenty of stuff to talk about on today's show. We finally got a trailer for Marvel's Eternals. This has been a movie that I think by now we should have seen by now, uh, given all of the delays that we've had because of the COVID pandemic. They've been sitting on footage of this movie for a long time. We had that sizzle reel that came out uh, a couple weeks ago where we actually saw our first shots from the movie, but that was that was all we, we got. Here we actually got a full trailer. Um, I think part of me feels like that they wanted to kind of wipe the stench from that weird shot where the camera people were in the background and they didn't realize. So they gave us a full trailer. So we'll break that down. We'll also talk about um, some other Disney uh, Disney Plus Marvel projects involving with, um, obviously, this, the What If series. And we learned this week that the Spider-Man Sony properties will be part of the What If series. So that was something we didn't know until very recently. So we'll tell, we'll give you guys our thoughts on what that means for uh, the Sony Marvel relationship and partnership moving forward. And then we got some CW stuff as well. Um, we got a, a pain the Painkiller show, which of course was that uh, character from Black Lightning that was uh, that that was a villain. And he became reformed. He was supposed to be starring in his own series. Uh, but that is no longer happening. That show was canceled. And we'll have uh, our thoughts on a new character coming to this season of The Flash. Impulse, Bart Allen. We got our very first look of him in costume. And we'll give you guys our thoughts on the look and the costume and everything else that goes with that. So should be a good podcast. Join me on my co-host, starting with Shamari Stewart. Sham, I know we didn't get a chance to uh, check out Black Lightning um, but they did have their season finale this week. I want to give a massive shout-out to Black Lightning because not too many black superhero shows we've really had, period. And it's a remarkable run. You know, four seasons on a, on a pretty premier network. And I would say, you know, pretty well-acclaimed show. Um, I think that, that we need to give them their flowers. I haven't gotten a chance to watch much of this season, but I do want to dive in soon. Because uh, I've enjoyed really every season I've watched of Black Lightning, so I want to make sure we give them that shout out. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Black Lightning. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll talk about the season um, once we, <laughs> of course, once we have time, we get through it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Black Lightning. Uh, I know this season so far has been great. It's been the best of all the shows that we've watched. We've managed to watch this this kind of show season. Um, live action. Yeah, the live action. Um, so I know Kenan wants to make that make that very clear. Um, but uh, but yeah, Black Lightning as a show as a whole um, has uh, exceeded my expectations. Uh, my expectations were pretty. I wouldn't say they were very high, but I was expecting a good show after Arrow and Flash. Um, you know, I was expecting a good superhero show, and it exceeded my expectations. It took on a lot of social issues that I think are important. Um, that I was not expecting the show to take on, um, maybe address in a minor sense, but it, it really went head on and, and, and really tackled these these issues head on. Uh, so I, that I thought were very interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you saw a lot of stuff you don't really see, uh, like you have a black LGBT uh, uh, character included in the show as one of the main characters. Yeah, and uh, is a hero. Black female, and she's a hero. Yeah, uh, in the show, uh, which is something you don't typically see. Um, so I, mean, I don't know. I, thought, I think that's pretty interesting. Good kind of representation there. Uh, definitely not something that you see. Um, so, and just the writing of the show has been, was great, has been great. Um, 
Uh, I mean, it wasn't perfect, obviously, but it was it was very good, in my opinion. Um, and just the characters as well, how each of the characters has their own kind of thing. And then the, the, the cast uh, all did a wonderful job. I hope they I hope to see them all in other projects uh, as well. So I have been more than impressed. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, shout out to the homie Painkiller. Uh, <laughs> because uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about him in just a moment. I remember him from um, uh, what was the show? Unfabulous. Unfabulous. Riverdale. Who would have thought? He, well, yeah, you Chuck Clayton. Riverdale. <laughs> Chuck Clayton. I guess to any Riverdale fan. But but yeah, man, boy, he's he was on the come up. Wow, I was not expecting yeah, to see him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um. Well, I mean, you watch Netflix, you would think he's the face of the show. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah, I mean, this this the show has definitely exceeded my expectations. Black Lightning, I think, has been put on the map probably as a hero. Um, through I think both this show and now uh, um, uh, Young Justice, I think yes. Disney the, he's yeah. like the leader of the Justice League now. So that's pretty spoiler. Alert. Well, I guess I mean the show's been out for a while, but um, but yeah. And also, uh, like the show is about y- the young hero, not necessarily. Just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, but who cares? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the, the head of Justice League. I mean, who knows who that's going to be at whatever day of the week it is. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, I've been thoroughly impressed, and I hope to see more good content. That's what's, that, that's what's up. Kendall uh, joins the pod as well. Kendall, any thoughts on uh, the end of the run for Black Lightning? Yeah, I mean, you know, it kind of acted as a spiritual successor to uh, Luke Cage. You know, I feel like right around the yeah. time Luke Cage was was coming off the air. Uh, Black Lightning was starting its run and it's kind of filled that void for the last four years or so. So, um, yeah, shout out to Chris Williams, shout out to the um, showrunner, shout out to the to the to the whole cast. Um, you know, shout out shout out our guy Tobias Whale, who might be the most oh, uh, boy. Yeah, like one of the funniest, yeah. more likable you know supervillains. Talk about a charismatic <laughs> villain. Yeah. Uh, Whenever you see him, he's like, "Oh boy, here we go." Yeah, something ridiculous. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, um, you know, it, yeah, end of an era when it comes to that. Uh, you know, I know they wanted they they talked about continuing the the legacy with Painkiller. We weren't too hot on that idea, and we'll talk about that a little later. But um, but yeah, yeah, definitely in the the end of an era for for that show. And like Shamari said, tackled issues. You know, well before they were quote unquote cool or popular, you know, mm-hmm. um, Definitely. you know, yeah. they, they've been tackling things, you know, the last four years that may not have been in the in the mainstream conscience, but they were they were not afraid to, to to put it out there. So, yeah, shout out to that show. Yeah, man. Shout out Salim Akil, who, of course, developed the show with his wife, Mara, uh, Brock Akil. Um, he's been the showrunner for the last four seasons. Really outstanding job. Again, of course, shout out Cress Williams. Shout out. Uh, Christine Adams, shout out to Fessa Williams, uh, China Ann McClain. I know she left part of this last season, but um, Annie Cronin, of course, who was spectacular. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the show. I really, you know, CW, we've had our beefs and complaints, and I'm sure we'll be airing them, some of that today. But I do want to give credit where credit is due. That show came in at a time where I felt like things at CW were, were not stable when it came to their superhero TV shows. Um, this, I think, accompanied that very strong season of Arrow they had with Prometheus and really, I thought, kind of brought life back to 
the CWDC shows. Now, did they fall off after that? Maybe. But it wasn't Black Lightning's fault. I mean, Black Lightning has been pretty solid throughout. And I, again, I know I haven't gotten a chance to watch season four. But I've enjoyed uh, a lot of these episodes. And what, what Black Lightning to me is the ultimate, like, kind of like, for me, CW, like, it's your ultimate kind of like, like, example of here. Here's a show where you can do, like, your CW stick and you could do it in a way and, and it still not feel like it's stale and it could still feel real raw original because black lightning very much falls in line with a lot of the cw stuff and some of the cw tropes in some ways may have been the weaknesses of the show at times but i mean it's, it's true to form in some aspects and yet because they went outside the box for certain things they touched on certain things um it found itself to to just to me of all the superhero shows the last four years, just always seem like okay, like I don't know what's gonna happen on this show, and I'm excited to see how where they're gonna go. Like, you know, CW, some of these episodes, some of these shows, it's like you're dreading where they're gonna go because it's the 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 thought process behind some of the storylines is so uninspired. Uh, I can never say that about Black Lightning. There may be storylines I'm not crazy about, but I never felt like there was ever really lazy writing or anything like that that went involved with it a lot of the show what they did within you know the, the world of these characters was bold throughout so um so yeah man uh, shout out to the whole crew black lightning for a very successful run it's unfortunate that that it, it seems like this is the end you know i, I wasn't crazy about this pain flow show which again we will talk about later but um if there isn't any other kind of spinoff or anything like that it's unfortunate this is where it ends but sometimes it's better to you know you know leave while you're still on top as opposed to what we've had with the Flash for the last several seasons. So, um, so yeah, shout out to them. <clears throat> we'll talk about what happened with uh, the Painkiller series later on in the show. But I want to begin talking about this Marvel Studios uh, Eternals trailer. So it was funny, guys, and I talked—it was weird. I actually didn't get to watch the trailer the day it came out because I got distracted and I just never got to it. So I actually ended up watching this trailer just before recording this podcast, which I think will make my perspective of it very interesting because i have not <clears throat> done this crazy deep dive into like what everybody saw what are the biggest you know easter eggs that i just watched it like just clean raw and then we pressed record and we started going so this would be a really interesting conversation but for me in terms of this trailer which was released on monday i i like the trailer um i think that to me this movie i'm not it's not the cinematography isn't this high level but to me, this is the first Marvel movie I've seen where if you told me this is something Christopher Nolan was doing, I, I would kind of believe you. Like, I'd say, okay. Like, the way it's shot and, and the cinematography behind it is definitely something different. It's not what we've normally accustomed to seeing from Marvel. At the very least, the shots that they, uh, they highlighted in this trailer, per se, were definitely not something I'm used to seeing from uh, a Marvel movie. I think that they did a good job of mixing in humor at the end because a lot of this trailer certainly takes itself very seriously. Um, this is obviously going to be a, a, a lot of, you know, period, piece, time travel elements to it. By the way, I think this was also my, probably my favorite uh, transition from, like, a shot in the movie to, like, the Marvel Studios logo with uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon and Tyree Henry doing the, <laughs> the whatever he was doing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the gold thing turned into the Marvel Studios thing. That was pretty dope. But um, but I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I think that this movie is the kind of movie that I think 
you know, you need a lot of intrigue going into it. I don't want to know exactly everything that's going on and what the major plot is. But it appears that, to me, the plot of this movie was centered around the void that's left from the Avengers, you know, disassembling again due to what happened at the end of Endgame. And they kind of deal with that more, kind of in a more lighthearted way at the end of the movie. But the whole trailer seems to kind of stem from this idea that, you know, these are people that have only showed up when they've needed to and they've helped build civilizations, essentially. We see what they did with the, you know, the very, you know, prehistoric people and how they, they set up that civilization almost of like Egypt or something like that. Like, that to me is clearly what they want the Eternals to be, or people who kind of show up to on Earth to kind of push them forward in critical parts of history. And it seems like the, the what happened with the post-Snap world is what's going to bring the Eternals into the present. And that's a pretty good storyline. I'm curious to see how that um, will play itself out. But uh, I liked it. It wasn't like the craziest trailer in the world. Um, it was not action-packed, which maybe I would have liked a little bit more action if I could have said if there was anything I would have liked. But otherwise, I mean, it was shot beautifully. The effects were good. Not too much I can complain about this trailer. Um, I thought it was pretty solid. Um, I mean, honestly, I would say I, um, I agree. Now, one thing I will say is I haven't really watched. I'm not. I'm not the. I'm not the person to watch the Easter egg top ten. What the f breakdown? <laughs> right. Yeah. So <laughs> who possibly makes those type of movies? <laughs> I can name any names, obviously. <laughs> Though if I were to name any names, they would be welcome on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, but, uh, but yeah. So I haven't seen any videos like that. So I don't know what what everybody else is talking about. But just on my several having seen the trailer several times now, um, uh, it's it, it, the effects look incredible. So it, yeah. it kind of gives me. Uh, I know it's different from Doctor Strange, obviously, but just in terms of the visual effects of it, in terms of just the look of it, I'm just like, wow, this looks like an incredible looking movie, which is good. You know, of course, it's up to Marvel Studios standards. So. Uh, so that was uh, that was nice. I like the cast just seeing such a different kind of a, a just a diverse, you know, cast of people. I'm mm-hmm. like, This is an interesting group of people. So I'm interested to see. And, you know, of course, they were like the Eternals. So you kind of had this kind of origin kind of aspect to them. And um, uh, I didn't know Angelina Jolie as a blonde was something I would I thought I'd ever be interested in seeing. But I didn't I didn't even know she was going to be blonde in this movie. Honestly. Right. Um, so I think this works. I think that that looks surpri- it surprisingly works. It's different from the Scarlett Scarlet Johansson blonde, even though I know she kind of walked around as a blonde now. But <laughs> but I think it works better. This works better. And when they made her blonde in the movies. So I think this actually, that look actually w- works really well for her. And I'm interested to see more. I mean, I know um, uh, Kit Harrington's supposed to be playing this Black Knight character. Yes. I'm interested to see more of that. I know he had a very tiny. Yeah, he had a very, very small cameo in this one. Yeah, very tiny. A lot of them had very tiny cameos. So you didn't really see much of of many of them. But, um, but. You know, and it really was a teaser. It's only like a minute long, so yeah. I mean, to me, this trailer really seemed to center around uh, Cersei, who's played by Gemma Chan, and mm-hmm. Icarus, played by uh, Richard Madden. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. So you don't see much except 
you know, you see a couple of uh, frames, a couple of frames of them together. So, you know, that's going to be a thing in the movie. So I guess we'll see how it goes so far. I, I agree. I have nothing to complain about. It looks good to me. The effects look amazing. As always, it looks very out there. They're definitely going for a kind of fantastical, kind of otherworldly, yet still grounded. Because it didn't, it didn't seem kind of like you know, new gods esque. Where it's like you're gonna see stuff where it's like what you know. Right, I, right. I didn't see anything like that yet. So I'm wondering if we're gonna get that in the next trailer. It looks like you saw some some little things like when uh, like when um, I'm forgetting the homie from Atlanta. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, Brian, Brian Terry Henry. Yeah, Brian Tyler Henry. Paperboy. Yeah, Paperboy. <laughs> if you know him, Paperboy. Fastos. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of making the the thing in, in, yeah. in when they had the Marvel Studios, I was like, wow, that looks incredible. So I'm yeah. hoping to see some, some kind of more stuff like that, where I'm like, wow, these are their abilities in full display. So, right. so far, I'm impressed. Well, Kendall, you're, uh, you mean Jamari did not do the, the, the WTF top 10 moments of <laughs> Eternal Trail. You're probably the one more likely trailer, to, have, yeah. to have seen that. Um, were there any aspects of this trailer you think we should be keeping our eye on um, in terms of what we may be seeing this movie, and what are your overall thought about this trailer? Uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of things to, that I that I picked up, um, I feel like so it's interesting. First of all, you know, I know EJ mentioned in, at the top that he thought that you know they made up for the the botch of you know showing the camera in the in the scissor right. last week uh, a couple weeks ago. But I, I actually wonder if that was not a mistake, if that was intentional. Interesting. Um, because uh, Kumal Najani's character in the in this movie is he's supposed to be playing an eternal that is living on Earth as a Bollywood star. Interesting. So I wonder okay. if mm. it could have been a botch, but I also wonder if that camera is somebody that's maybe following him on some right. level. You know, documenting him, some sort of documentary, some sort of all access. I don't know. Right. Um, so that that's something to pay attention to. Um, but in terms of in terms of the trailer, you know, I thought that it was I thought it was a it was a good trailer if you're already super excited for the Eternals mm-hmm. and you're like, Look, I, I'm already hyped, I'm already locked in. I just want to see, you know, I just want to see something. I don't really need to see much. I just want to see something. Um, my question is, does this trailer do do much to attract a person that is more on the fence, more of the casual Marvel viewer to say, oh, I've got to see this movie? I mean, if you're into this right. fantasy genre, then maybe. maybe I mean, like, to be honest, I, I think to me, the selling point would be the cast. And I think beyond the cast, which I agree on some level, I think I, I think you're right. But I think even beyond the cast, I think Marvel right now is betting on word of mouth. I think they're going to say uh, COVID being over. Well, I'm sure they're hoping on that, on that as well. <laughs> but um, I think they think that we don't have to... And look, this is only the first trailer. There's going to be another one before the movie comes out, and there'll be a more, uh, you know... They're 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 gonna, they're gonna ramp up their their promotion uh, as we get closer to the movie coming out. But I think they're banking on the word of mouth being so good about this movie, so high about this movie, 
that they're going to that people are going to go see it regardless of whether or not the marketing material is like you know Suicide Squad you know right. or Phantom it's like all over the place you easily get it this no but a lot of people didn't get it you know I I, I watched I watched the trailer with 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 her mom she was like I don't get it afterwards mm. well she's seen every Marvel movie. You know, she watches all the Easter egg breakdowns and all that stuff. Right, right. Like, I don't get it. You know, yeah. our little brother Henry watched it. He was like, I don't get it. You know, and that that's going to be the question is how do you how do you get those people? Um, if they not can... even people again, people that see every Marvel movie, but just how do you get them excited for for Eternals? I think a lot of that is going to be well. I mean, if you say, oh, this is going to be the Academy Award nominated type of Marvel movie. That'll get people to watch regardless of what the trailers look like. But to me, or, like, what does that mean, though? Like, is just you saying that? Or, like, who who is saying that? Like, Well, I mean, if the reviews early on are... You think the, like, the early words, like, this is... This yeah. You have to see yeah, it. Like, this is legendary. This is a must-see Do you movie. feel like... Is it, is it? Can anyone think of a movie? And I know our... I know our... Uh, our ball... You know, our playground, so to speak. Our, you know, sandbox... The superhero movies. I think Shamari probably would be the most adept outside of superhero movies. But can <laughs> anyone think of a movie recently? I know it's apples and oranges. We're talking about Marvel, but where the buzz was not crazy until people were like, "You have to see this movie because it's Oscar worthy," and therefore it did crazy numbers at the box office. Like I'm trying to think, I can't really think of one. Like like. It generally like a lot of people went to go see it because of the because right of the, like I like I guess my point being is I don't I don't know if I mean viewers what, what and like the media have as much my thing. as much like, pull Joker, in terms of box office numbers as like some some Joker as an idea like of course Joker is way more high profile than the Eternals but mm-hmm. I don't think Joker was initially being made to like make a bunch of money but I think once no. everybody heard that oh this is like a legendary type of movie. I think people kind of realize I gotta go see it. it but I think movies. I think that first trailer set a crazy tone, and I think it was yeah, just like tone that this one hasn't 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 done right. That. And I don't think this didn't do that. Yeah, and that's the concern. I think if you're mm-hmm. a little bit, if you're Marvel, um, again, I mean, I feel like they probably, you know, they probably feel like look, just put anything Marvel Studios and we're making an automatic x amount of money. I don't know if that is in a pandemic, uh, post pandemic uh, movie. Uh, economy, but it's still they still feel like Marvel Studios is going to carry that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like EJ mentioned, not a whole lot of action, not a whole lot of anything besides the the last little you know scene at the end. Not a whole lot of anything that screens Marvel. Um, yeah. You know, they they had to throw in the the, the Captain Rogers and Iron Man line, uh, which is interesting that they say they say Captain, Captain Rogers, Rogers instead of Captain America. <laughs> you know, because we already have one. But yeah, I mean, you know they. They threw that in there, but other than that, there's nothing about this that, that screams Marvel. And that's the second time I've said that. I said that about Shang-Chi a couple weeks ago when that trailer came out last month. And now I'm saying that about Eternals. I mean, look, we're getting, we're going into a different phase. So I feel like they don't want to keep reflecting on the, the prior movies when we're introducing these new characters. But, um, yeah, that's going to be the key. It's fr- trying to figure out what's the point of this Eternals movie. Um that's, the, that's I mean, that to me is, is the number one question. But there's got to be a larger... They're not just doing this to honor Jack Kirby. No disrespect. Jack Kirby's a legend. But they're not they're not going to... They're not just doing that for that. There's a there's a purpose within the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
for why they're doing they're even doing an Eternals movie, or at least even if they're going to do an Eternals movie, they're going to find a way to make it connect to the larger MCU, similar to how Guardians was used to help introduce Thanos and introduce mm-hmm. his, his his backstory and a lot of the the, the cosmic stuff in general. So um, that's going to be the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, makes me wonder if, because um, I know kind of you were, you guys were theorizing uh, last week. Oh yeah. If we were seeing going to see Kang in this Loki show. Um, oh, I thought you were going to go someplace else. No, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, you you can fill in that blank. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, um, but yeah. So it makes me wonder if we're going to see anything in Loki. Because Loki's kind of the next big thing. I mean, that's kind of... Honestly, we haven't really talked about it, but that's kind of fast approaching also. Yeah. Um, that'll be here very soon. So it makes you wonder, are we going to see anything in that? That maybe Because I know Loki's going to be going to different dimensions and timelines. Yeah, different timelines and stuff. I mean, is there an Eternal or, or, there, or uh, you know, anyone where they would be able to maybe have some kind of influence in that? Right. They reference an Eternal. Right. I mean, we... we I, I, I remember we had the discussion a couple a uh, couple weeks ago um, with our dad about the possibility that uh, Namor might show up in the Eternals or a young version of Namor. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a there was a kid that was cast. Uh, he took a picture with Solomon Hayek, and you know the speculation is that this kid is playing a young Namor. You know we don't know, right? But but that that's a, that's the speculation. Yeah, um, I mean to me, I mean the the Eternals to me. And again, it's not a disrespect to the Eternals or to Jack Kirby's legacy, but to me, the Eternals have to be a vessel to world building. To me, that's their and and this trailer, I think, definitely lends itself to that. I mean, you see uh, uh, Cersei, I think, like put her hand on the ground, and then you know, literally, like plants and stuff starts growing. <laughs> like so, like that's literally what. And like, to me, they sold themselves that that's what they do is they show up when. You know, Earth is kind of lacking, and they kind of pick up the slack, and they don't really interfere. They don't really do much until it's absolutely necessary. And so, why did you? What what happened with the snap? That's what we were going to figure. And they'll address that. Feige's not an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like why? Like why didn't they pull up at the snap? Like why? Yeah, why? Well, why did they even? Why didn't they interfere with with Thanos at all? You know, they just let the world get snapped, and they were like, "Oh, the Avengers will handle it." I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good question. I don't know. I mean, we all yeah, have to. Again, that'll be answered. That's a very obvious omission. Uh, but again, you're telling me they've been here the whole time and they've just been, yeah, they don't need us. Um, I feel like the way they did this trailer. I mean, I mean, one quick, quick thing. I mean, I don't know, but you know, the fact that clearly the Eternals think of Stark and Rogers in the highest regard to the point where they are name dropping them and mentioning that you know someone has to pick up the slack. Maybe they felt like as long as those two guys are on Earth, they'll figure it out. The Avengers, yeah, in general, yeah. Like, like as long as those two guys are there, they'll be fine. Yeah, things look terrible right now, but <laughs> it, it, they'll figure it out. They're um, not gonna mess around until okay, those guys are gone, gone. Okay, we we gotta at least set the tone for what the next thing is gonna be. Like, what's gonna be like if they would have done this trailer and. It would have been like the mutants instead of the Eternals, and it was like, oh yeah, you know, we've been in the shadows, but now we're coming out. Like people would have got it. People would have been, oh, I get this, I I understand this. But with the Eternals, it's still so many people that don't know who or what anything any of this is even about. And this trailer didn't, didn't tell me anything. 
about who or what any of this is about. All we know is that they've been around for ages. And you, is, what's interesting is you Very have a lot of... Very inside baseball. Very inside yeah. baseball. And you do have a lot of teasers that don't tell you much, right? That's I mean, fair. We've, we've seen plenty of them. We've seen plenty of teasers where you're just like, what's going on? This is interesting. But a lot of, typically, if it if it piques your interest, you'll look into it. And I think they're they're assuming that. Um, but uh, the second trailer or the quote unquote official trailer is the one that usually kind of goes more into detail about what's happening. Um, uh, though I would also say that um, I think I do agree with you, Kendall, in that word of mouth. If a movie's great, a movie's great. Like especially a big budget Marvel movie, if it's great, it's gonna do it's gonna do well. So I feel like they feel like they have earned kind of that kind of status to where they don't have to explain it and they can they can afford to be um, I wouldn't say artsy necessarily, but they can afford to not you know knock the or knock the viewer over the head with this is why you should go see yeah yo man if there's if there's a if there's a Marvel studio if there's excuse me if there's a studio that can pull up from the logo and just say I'm gonna do a heat check. It's this studio. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, the Eternal, this, that's what this is to me. This is a logo shot. This is, we got y'all so hooked. We all watch this and, like, 90% of y'all don't know any of these people. Yeah. Maybe 95. Like, 90 might even be light. Like, these are very much, you know, if you're a, a newer fan, you're not going to be as familiar with the Eternals. Um and if you're not a super fan, even if you're an older fan, you're not going to be that familiar with the Eternals. I mean, this is a, this is a, I'm Dame Lillard pulling from the logo, but I'm not hot. That's what this is. Now, I would have thought that they would have ratcheted up the action a little bit more to overcompensate a little bit. But what I saw, and you can, you know, I think Shannon mentioned how, you know, a lot of these people were kind of just, you know, shots we just saw here and there of these actors. I mean, I think that was the point. I think the point was like, just show this ridiculously all-star cast. And people are like, I guarantee you, anybody who's ever watched movies knows somebody from this movie. <laughs> like, like they know at least somebody, at least one person. Any age group, any demographic, there's that much star power um, because there's older stars like uh, Angelina Jolie and Selma Hyde. There's newer stars like a, a Billy Bobby, uh, Billy, uh, Bobby Millie Brown. Um, there's black stars. There's Indian stars. I mean, like Asian stars. Like, like this, this movie has somebody that somebody will know. And I thought that to me, this trailer, a lot of it was that. It was just show that we show we got crazy cinematography and crazy effects. Show this amazing cast with a bunch of superstars. And then at the end, just. Say something about the Avengers to make people know this tomorrow, and then we'll figure that everything else out in the end. Was it enough? I think we'll see. Part of me wonders if this is if this trailer happens. I mean, this movie will come out in theaters, but I almost wonder if there's this notion that like they know they're gonna get killed at the gate anyway. So like, like are they doing the most like pertinent thing to get the most people to see the movie in the theaters? I don't know. That would be that would be a question I would have. But uh, any last thoughts on this before we move on? I mean, just overall, um, 
it's just weird how like I think Shane Chi gave us way more of the of the story. Like we yeah. we know you don't have to you don't have to know know what know anything about the character to get the story. They told us the story in the trailer, and again, it's coming out a little more a little sooner, but it's still the first look. First look, we 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 have a good idea about what that movie's about. We're excited. Eternals, they're being way more close to the estimate, way more coy with it. Why? You I know, don't know. I, think, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think there's yeah. a story reason also. There has to be a story reason. I think there is too. I think that's definitely a big part of it. Um, but I mean, I I expect this movie to do a lot to answer our questions about potentially Atlanteans and Namor, and I think potentially mutants. Um, yeah, that's the big I, out. Yeah, I mean, that's I I really feel like this is where it will probably begin, and I can't wait. I can't I can't wait to see uh, how this all comes together. I think what will be what will be interesting for Marvel is. I think a lot of the super fans like us who will be watching this movie who aren't super familiar with the Eternals in terms of reading their comic books or anything like that, like, will they be able to keep, keep us invested in what the actual plot of this movie is? Or will, will I be so focused on what are you doing to build other franchises and other properties through this movie that whatever your plot of this movie is, I won't care about. And again, I think that's going to be their, probably their biggest challenge. The word of mouth, again, I, I'm not underestimating what the word of mouth for this movie could do. Because we're not, you know, when we're talking about this movie, you can't, you kind of can't compare it. Again, the only movie that had a similar, a similar word of mouth thing is Joker, where it's like, oh, like this is going to be, like in this genre, like this is going to be an Academy Award winning kind of, kind of movie. Marvel's never experienced this before. And so when you have a Marvel Studios movie, that's going to, that's going to get that kind of traction. Now, of course, there are movies every year that people talk about could be award season things that, you know, flop, you know, so you don't want to jump the gun. But obviously, with Chloe Zhao, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of excitement. But with but with with, with with that kind of with that kind of hype, you know, I, this is a movie that it may not be about the trailers. I mean, it, you know, it may be people just saying this is going to be an all time great movie. Forget Marvel movie. This is an all time great movie. And if that's the case, um, they'll do plenty. They'll do plenty fine. I, I have a lot. Hmm. Um, yeah, man. I, I, I'm look. It's gonna be. This is. Uh, I think the, the one of the movies that's like just most un, unpredictable in terms of what to expect. Uh, we were saying the same stuff about Guardians, but ultimately, Guardians' first trailer was. Like, and Guardians' first trailer was just way more like you knew exactly what was going on. Like you knew. Yeah. There was no question. You may not know who these people are, but there was no question what this movie was. This movie, there's still that question. I think that like I got it. Um, I but like I feel like I, like we're like the one percent. I don't think we need a lot to know. I think we all understood that okay, these people show up when things are bad, and they're saying according to these people, they think things are bad now, and that's why they're here. Um, like Kendall said, you argument why did you show up when half the half of Earth was gone? That would be a great question, and hopefully it will be answered uh, in this movie. But I, I do want to uh, move on and talk about something that is also uh, interesting regarding Marvel Studios, and it regards the uh, "What If" animated uh, series that will be coming on Disney Plus. And what we've learned recently is, you know, we know we're going to have you know Peggy Carter being, uh, you know, placing Steve Rogers and, and being, you know, Captain Britain. 
But we also uh, have learned, and this is um, something that uh, was confirmed, that there will be um, a Spider-Man Far From Home uh, What If, and that there will be other Spider-Man-esque prop, uh, stories told through the What If first season, which is going to be uh, 10 episodes. Now, we know, obviously, Sony and, and, and um, Marvel have this you know, you know, some kind of agreement partnership that allows them to do the Spider-Man movies that are in the MCU. Um, Sony produces it and gets some a lot of the bread. Half of it, I think, is where they're at right now. Um, and then there was, uh, and then you know, Marvel can use that Tom Holland character, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, in select Marvel movies. So far, we've seen him in Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, but this is now a, a different thing. Um, Perhaps, you know, I'm sure Holland will be involved with the animated stuff in this, but we didn't hear anything about any further additions to that deal that allows them to use more Spider-Man characters and more Spider-Man stories from the Sony movies. But that apparently is what's happening here. And I say Sony, I mean Sony's Marvel movies. And um, it kind of just kind of adds another layer to the question of what exactly is the new parameters of this Sony Marvel deal. I mean, there's been whispers that this deal is very expansive and essentially allows Marvel to, you know, you know, work with almost all these heroes and villains from the Spider-Man universe. We've heard other things saying that it's not that expansive, uh, but this definitely is a is a this definitely is is different than what we've seen from this from from where the the strict parameters of this deal has been in the past that we're going to be seeing. Spider-Man stuff in a what-if animated series involving Tom Holland. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the excitement for what-if right now is is very palpable. Um, you know, it seems it's basically been confirmed that the first episode will be the Peggy Carter, Captain Britain episode. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll get it. That's, that's probably a good episode to start it off. Pretty, pretty standard, pretty, uh, you know... Pretty memorable MCU storyline, not too weird in terms of like, or not, not too unbelievable. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the idea that Spider-Man is going to be included in What If is not something that people, um, not something that people really expected. Uh, I think there was there was a lot of reason to believe he probably wouldn't be be a part of it. But you know, we knew that we were going to get a good amount of episodes, um, at least a double-digit amount of episodes. So. I believe something around 16 or something like that but um if you know we've only seen in the trailer like four or five you know it's not like they've shown a whole bunch right so there's a lot of there's a lot of extra what if stories that we haven't uh that we haven't even uh broached in terms of promotion so yeah i mean there's a lot to this show that we that we haven't seen yet um I found out this week that we also found out this week that Kevin Feige uh, wasn't the one that came up with the idea of what if and that when he heard it, he was like, oh, yeah, that cool. Um, so, you know, I wonder if that's him putting that out who, there. To... Who, 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 who came up with the idea? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if that was. Uh... He wasn't willing to give up all that. He didn't want to give up that much credit. <laughs> He's like, I heard it from somebody. We'll let that yeah, somebody be. That. We'll let that somebody be anonymous for today. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was a great idea. That thought it was a great idea, and then I put it in action. 
Just kidding, Kevin. You're, you're great. Universal <laughs> gives them the keys. DC poaches the kid. Poaches the kid. <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, yeah. You know, I also wonder, like I said, because there was all this uh, all this talk about Feige only likes Feige's ideas and this and that. So yeah, <laughs> kind of PR artist say, oh, I didn't, it wasn't my idea. So um, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. This is a this is, this is an interesting move when you come when it comes to that Sony Marvel relationship. This is not something that I would have expected two years ago. Um, but this, along with the idea that the Spider-Man movies are going to be on Disney Plus, I mean, this gives me more confidence that in this phase, this next phase coming up, like we're going to get a lot of Spider-Man connections. Like when it was talked that Norman Osborn and the Dark Avengers could be a thing or whatever, like. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked um, if Norman Osborn showing up in other movies that aren't Spider Man. Um, I wouldn't be shocked um, at the idea of Jessica Drew being in um, Secret Invasion. Like these things that seemed like you know deals that had to be worked out with Sony seem like they may have been worked out already um, in advance. So I mean, it's great it's a great time to be a Marvel fan. Um, with with the, the relationship on Spider Man being so good, I'm also excited to see this Watcher character because we Jeffrey Wright yeah. about the Watcher, and it, you know we don't know we don't know what role he's going to play in in this series or if there's going to be some sort of continuous narrative or is it just going to be week to week. But um, like, why does this have to be canon to the MCU? Why does this have to be Marvel Studios? Like, that's what I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's curious. It makes you wonder. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. But, um, uh, but yeah. I mean, I'm very excited to see more Spider-Man. Really, to see more Spider-Man content in general. But, but the fact that we're getting, uh, you know, Tom Holland potentially his involvement in this what if, and then um, more Spider-Man content. I mean, this really this kind of content seems like it's made for Spider-Man, honestly, with so many yeah, different Spider-Men sure. and the different Spider versions of you know whatever. So um, and all the different Spider villains and things like that, and the symbiotes and stuff like that. There's just there's so a lot of different what if and crazy kind of interdimensional type scenarios um, that are well suited for Spider-Man. So I feel like this makes sense, and I am very excited to see. Uh, what stories they come up with? I'm not. It's, I'm not gonna get my hopes up too high for too many uh, people we haven't seen debut in What If. Like I know for say a Norman Osborn, I would want to see a live action Norman Osborn um, before I see a quote unquote MCU quote unquote canon potentially Norman Osborn that's not live action. I'd want to just see a live action Norman Osborn, and then if you want to bring him into What If season two or something um now yeah i mean i i mean i think that i think that anything we see from what if regarding spider-man will almost certainly i think be stuff we've seen in the spider-man movies so if it's something with mysterio something with right uh uh no vulture yeah ned Leeds or any of those character thing it's going to be i don't think it's gonna be anything from the future i mean i don't and i don't think it's gonna be something we will see in uh no way home like i that would shock me um and it just shouldn't because it comes out before, I think. So, so yeah, I think it will be anything we've seen up until this point. 
yeah so that that's what I, that's what i'm expecting as well so i don't expect to see anything too um anything too crazy uh but regardless i think we can still see a lot of very cool stuff so i'm excited about it yeah i'm excited about it too um spider-man i agree he plays well as an animated character so um i think it makes sense for them to uh to uh to move forward with animated content with spider-man in their what if series which it seems like you know feige and crew you know take like it's a big deal like you know like I think for a lot of us, it's kind of been... I don't know. I, I don't want to speak for everybody. I think for me, I'll say, is the What If series, as much as I love animated content, has kind of been somewhat of an afterthought in my head um, because, you know, it's What Ifs. So it's not anything that's real or anything that's, you know, um, that's going to actually happen in the movies, unlike the, the, the live-action shows where those are clearly, um, you know, stuff that, you know, that affects the movies moving forward. So the what if thing sounded like a cool concept and something cool to do, and I remember they did the what if comics and those were cool, um, but like I, you know that was really my extent of excitement. So, uh, but with that being said, adding Spider Man to the mix, you know that does uh, that that piques my interest one into the series itself, but then two also again what that means for Spider Man and, and its properties and Sony moving forward. I think I think that something is different with this deal. I, I would love for somebody to know. And I think that people on the inside do know. I think that, you know, the Boris kids of the world and um and, and those folks, they they know what this deal is. Umberto, you know, Gonzalez, we just we they're just not saying it. For whatever reason, Marvel and Sony don't wanna put it out there. And I think it may be because they don't wanna they wanna surprise people. they wanna show probably whatever is gonna be in the Spider Man No Way Home Doctor you know, Strange trailer and then maybe in Doctor Strange, what's gonna happen there. They want to leave that, let that stuff play out, you know, on the big screen for everybody to be shocked by, or maybe even in trailers. Who knows? Um, but let this stuff play out, and us will actually watch it before we have any speculation on what kind of difference there is in the new deal that may be an expansion on Marvel's uh, permission to use, you know, Spider-Man characters. But uh, let's move away from Marvel. And let's talk about DC. So, uh, as we talked about earlier in the show, we know that there will be no painkiller series for the CW. Now, they did um, uh, they did pick up the pilot for the uh, Naomi series. They, well, they ordered the series for the Naomi series, which is um, Ava DuVernay's uh, a, a adaptation of a, comic, a comic book created by Brian Michael Bendis. So, that show will move forward. The painkiller show... Um, will not move forward. That was supposed to be a spinoff from Black Lightning. I believe there was a kind of a backdoor pilot that appeared that that uh, that was on this season, if I'm not mistaken. But um, you know, the series finale ended, uh, and now we'll have nothing from Jordan Calloway's uh, Khalil character. And I gotta be honest, I'm not mad at this. I mean, I'm 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 upset that. There is no Black Lightning legacy beyond the show, but he was not to me the number one option of what I would have wanted to see moving forward. I would have loved to have seen something involving, um, uh, you know, Joe Jennifer's character or something involving, um, uh, you know, Anissa. Like, like if you want to spin off and, and move something, you know, kind of do what they did with Blackish and Grownish. Like, I would have preferred something like that. Rather than to someone like Khalil, who I just feel like has kind of been through the ringer 
as a character. We explored him in every way, up and down, good, bad, <laughs> evil, and indifferent, mind control, not mind control. Like I, I just don't need to see any more from him. I, I just they've exhausted every avenue for how we could view him. I guess their argument when they when they pitched the show was that we haven't seen him as a true hero. And maybe that's true, but I mean we've seen him do heroic things. So I, I you know, that's not like that's super ab, you know, abnormal. And the character itself, I mean, his character was 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 good, but the character in itself wasn't to me like so interesting that I needed to see a full series around it, you know, around around him. In fact, it would have been interesting because so much of his character hasn't been himself. Like again, he's being mind controlled by people or, you know, he's been influenced by this person, influenced by that person. So, like, what does, like, a Khalil show look like even where it's just him being himself? I don't really know, but I don't think I really care. So, uh, it's no disrespect to Jordan Calloway or disrespect to, you know, Black Lightning and, and the people who tried to make this work. But I, I just, this just didn't make sense to me from the get-go. And I'm not devastated that it's not moving forward. But what do you say, Sharon? Um, I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't super high on this show. I was kind of confused as to why they were making it. I, I didn't dislike the, the Khalil character quite as much as you guys, though, though I, it, it was very jarring what they did to him and, <laughs> and what they did with his character in the show where he's kind of just, you know, very, he's very jaded and then being used by Tobias well, then being used by, um, Odell and uh he's dead and he's not dead like dead and then he's oh no he's not dead and um you know so it, it, which they did that twice actually so it was it's really yeah. like uh they did a lot with his character in this show so it's so I was kind of confused as to why you know he needed a show though he's I, I liked his action in the show which I yeah, was his action was yeah, his action was really good yeah so that I was looking forward to seeing more of uh, though I would assume he wouldn't be as much of an assassin, but still. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, you know, going crazy over it. Uh, you know, I'm not not as upset as I was when they canceled Green Arrow and the Canaries. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, what, man, but CW, yeah. I mean, they've had a little bit of a problem here. I mean, they canceled, you're right, they canceled Green Arrow and the Canaries. Uh, they canceled Painkiller. And, you know, we didn't talk about it on the show, but, I mean, they, they, they're reworking Powerpuff Girls, too. So, you know, I don't know what's going on there, but you shouldn't have this many pilots, you know, and, and shows that you're, you're supposed to be greenlighting going wrong so badly. Like, I feel like this is a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not sure, not so sure what's going on with CW, um, you know, or, or Berlanti, I guess. I don't know <laughs> if it's Berlanti Katie. specifically. Yeah, it was that too. Yeah, that was yeah, another really show. Been that, off. I got a season and then it was <laughs> out the door. So, So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but you know, I agree. I mean, I think sad to see Black Lightning go. Uh, this show seemed kind of bizarre. Seemed kind of bizarre to be completely honest to begin with. So um, yeah, I'm not too broken up to see it go. Well, you can know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, when I think when I think about Painkiller, this was not a project that I was super excited about. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not, I would have given the pilot a chance, but outside of the pilot, I was not convinced that I was going to be, uh, tuned into every episode of the series. Um, you know, like 
just like like EJ said, the character. Um, I thought EJ put it perfectly when he said that we've explored all aspects of this character possible. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, you could say we haven't seen him as a as a quote unquote superhero, but I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, right. Because of so his like, it doesn't. It might not make sense. Yeah, exactly. That's like saying you know I don't know like we haven't seen the Punisher as a superhero yet, and it's like I'm the Punisher is not a superhero. <laughs> like you know, he's not Captain America. Um, so yeah, yeah. It, it kind of to me, it kind of it would devalue him if he became like a superhero. It would devalue all the things he went through that made him who he is. Right. So. Yeah. No. I mean, I I, I feel like it was it was an interesting try. Um, you know, I feel like there's some there's still some room for them to do different spinoffs and different ideas. Um. In the in the in the Arrowverse, I just don't know if if, if Painkiller was one of them, but but yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited about them uh, greenlighting Naomi. Um, obviously, when you have Ava, Ava DuVernay uh, attached to it, that lends another level of uh, of prestige and another level of excitement. So, mm-hmm. you know, that should be that that should be a show that um, it'll be interesting to see uh, when we get castings and when we get. Uh, you know, our first promotional material, how, how that, how they're, how they're, how they're promoting that, and how that's gonna look. But, but yeah, yeah, you know, not great times over at the CW. Yeah, um, I feel, like, I feel like they canceled something else too. There were those two shows that they, that they, they, that maybe, maybe the Powerful Girls, the other one you're talking about. Yeah, man, yeah, it's looking, it's looking light over there. Too. Yeah, Supergirl's done. Um, yeah, weird times. I, I'm, I'm still surprised. Legends of Tomorrow is still, still a thing. Um, well, I feel like if you ask homie, uh, you know, uh, what's the name? Heat Wave. You know, maybe he shouldn't be because he was going crazy a couple weeks ago. I don't. Did we even talk about that on the pod? No, I don't. He went, he, oh, he went on some crazy rant, and then he he realized. Then he was like, "Oh, it wasn't actual. I wasn't actually a rant. Y'all, y'all were trolled." He went on some crazy rant about how why he was quitting the show. And I was like, "Things aren't going well over there." Dominic Purcell. Yeah, Purcell went on some crazy rant about the show and how he was upset and how he was quitting and this would be wow. the last time he'd be on the show <laughs> and he was leaving and then he then he tried to spin it and say oh this was like you know agent you know agent uh spin to you know whatever but i don't know he he went on some he, it was like an unhinged rant on social media right that it was like a caption he posted on instagram um <laughs> mm, wow. so yeah he's leaving um yeah, uh, someone else up. leaving too. Uh, I know. I think is Cisco leaving the Flash. Yeah, Cisco, Cisco and Kavanaugh. yeah, Kavanaugh and uh, the gentleman that plays Cisco are also leaving. Carl Valdez. Yeah. Well, Valdez Valdez has been trying to get out for a long time. Like, yeah, been, I know. feel like we've been saying he's going. This is his last season for like two seasons <laughs> now. And okay, we'll talk about the Flash soon, but they're in a real, real weird spot, man. You know, let's, let's, yeah, let's, I mean, let's, yeah, let's jump to the flash. Yeah, let's get let's get to it. Um, so <laughs> you know, we we haven't done a lot of flash recaps episodes, and like like we said before, you know, we're we're kind of lightening up on the um, on the recaps week to week. Part of it being timing, but part of it being quality. Uh, to be perfectly honest, and you know, you know, we committed those you know week to week episodes we were doing with you know uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and. Um, WandaVision, they were because they it, it earned it, and it deserved it, and we don't want to, uh, you know, wait, 
I don't want to say waste time, but we don't want to spend, you know, exude so much time on these shows that, quite frankly, just weren't uh, meeting up the standard that they set. You know, and we've seen The Flash season one and two set a really high bar that's come crashing down. So while I, I can't say I'm the most up to date on what's happening on The Flash from week to week, what I can say is they did release a new picture of the Bart Allen character that will be appearing in the flash for uh, later in the season. Um, to me, I mean, the reaction I saw online was not good to this. Uh, it looks, I don't know, man. <laughs> and it's weird. Cause like when I, when I saw like a, like a, like an unofficial set photo, like he actually looked way better in the costume. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's the smile. I don't know what it is about this photo, this promotional poster. It just doesn't do it for me. He just doesn't <laughs> look like a superhero. He doesn't look like a speedster. Like, he, like he's putting his arm in the air, but he doesn't like he's even running. Like I don't know. Like this just didn't. This just didn't work. This was a really, really poor promotional photo. They were going for, and the, the costume isn't even that bad. It, it, it's it's just. I don't know. It's just the presentation they decided, yeah. the picture they chose was bad. They were going for the for the 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 impulse picture comic, the comic accurate impulse right. panel where he's running the same pose, right. same. But they just first of all, was, impulse is, is 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 a kid. Yeah. So you know, they, yeah, this is something we yeah. talked about. Um, you know, when they cast this dude, Jordan Fisher, <laughs> right. and, oh, he's like twenty something. It's like really, he's gonna play right. impulse. But right. regardless, so yeah, that that throw that for one already throws things off, and he's got this goofy looking costume. I don't know, I, you know. Again, they wanted to do the comic <laughs> accurate thing, but you can't do the you can't you can't pick and choose where you want to be comic accurate. Like if you want to be fully comic accurate, it would have been a younger younger person playing <laughs> Impulse, but they decided for whatever reason not to do that, and I don't know. I mean, this is. You could have changed his costume, made it look a little cooler. You got a little cooler pose. I mean, I guess this gives us a look into what the character is going to be. But again, if he's going to be this like kind of happy-go-lucky kid, child, you know, child, like why is he so big? Why is he like twenty something? Look, man. At the end of the day, like he was so no younger this, than Wally there's West. There's a reason. There's a reason he why Wally West was a mature young adult. He wasn't running around like some little kid. Look, there's a, re- there's a reason why some things are in the comic books and only in the comic books. And, you know, that shot of, you know, Impulse in you know, issue 50 of The Flash 2018 is a great shot. Um, but some things are for the comics and some things are for live action. And this, <laughs> like, this just did not work. Like, I see what they're trying to do, but I just don't know if it made sense to try to create that. Like, I don't know if it made sense to try to recreate that. It definitely didn't, because this didn't work. Um, yeah. I don't know, uh, man. This just looks... This looks like a Halloween costume uh, promotional poster. Like, if you told me this was a promotional poster for a Halloween costume on Nickelodeon, I would have been like, yeah, it looks, it looks about right. And you tell me this is supposed to be a character for a semi-serious show? Like... Again, if you're going to do this, make him a kid. Make him 14 years old. Like, that would be a little more believable. And, and I don't want to say that, you know, Fisher looks like he's, you know, 30. But he don't look like a kid. He was like a grown man. Yeah, so, like, like it's yeah. just like, so this guy's just cheesing. Like, 
Jordan Fisher is what, twenty-seven? He's not that old. No, he's not that old. Twenty-seven. 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 Yeah, twenty-seven. Yeah, come on. No, there's just no twenty-four-seven-year-old man is gonna look like this. It's just not. <laughs> it's just not. I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry. As many as people may be upset about it. Like, imagine, imagine no twenty-seven-year-old like, man taking a picture like that. No, no one. We just smile like a like a ten-year-old. Sorry, I ain't doing this. I'm twenty-seven years old. I'm not doing it. I'm not twenty-seven. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, no, I'm too old. For I got a beard. <laughs> this isn't going to work. <laughs> like, come on, man. Oh, boy. Berlanti, be better than that, man. <laughs> no disrespect to Jordan Fisher. It's not even though, it's not even him. It's, it's it, you know, they miscast him. And, like, you know? and, and some of it, it, it is fine. And some of it also, even beyond miscasting, some of it is also, like, choices. Like, okay, you want to make him 27 and he's playing a teenager, whatever. That happens a lot. You could, the promotional photo, you could do whatever you want. Like the fact that they chose this is mind boggling to me. So and like, then like they, they really need so they can know they really need somebody outside of the Berlanti <laughs> bubble and CW bubble in the room working and creating on the flash. Like they need Shamari in there or me in there. Someone in there to say, yo, this looks ridiculous. Like please don't put this out. This idea is not gonna work. It's gonna play poorly online. And I don't know. It's like it's like whenever I see that meme of the Flash and people say, you know, this is the Flash 2020. It's like you know Patrick Ewing in a, in an Orlando Magic uniform. Like that's yeah. what I feel like, man. Like I, I, this is this is unbelievable. Yeah, this is, this is very this is very much like someone like the Flash needs to be in some kind of bubble where they just everyone in that room said yeah to this. Now now I, I want to preface you know what I say with. You know, I and this is me in particular, and I don't know if Greg Gustin was talking about me when he was complaining about the body shaming thing. Right. I was the per, I was maybe one of the most outspoken people that was going out against when that photo came out, that leak. Yeah. Of him, and I said, <laughs> I said he did not. That yeah. looked bad, right, and he right. didn't look nearly that bad when I actually saw it in the show. So I mm-hmm. don't know. What he's gonna look like in the show? I would. Yeah, hope. I mean, I've seen I've seen pictures of him on the set. Right, he looks great. I mean, the costume looks good. Like, yeah, it's oh. this photo that I'm like, who thought this was good a good idea? Yeah, it's very it's a very strange. Like they're going for this child. They're, they're trying to go for this ch- child happy go lucky kind of look, but he's not a kid. Right, it's, so a, it's a major really, problem with that. It's weird. Like it's it doesn't work. He's clearly not a kid. Like, why are they trying to make him pose like a kid and look like a kid? They even put it next to the photo of the kid. It's like, he's not a kid. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, that's so strange. Unless he's going to be a kid in the show, which is going to be like a whole weird thing. But he is not a kid. So it's really weird. It's really weird. The picture, the picture doesn't work. The costume itself, when I look at it, doesn't. I guess it doesn't look. It could look better, you know, if he's not making a kitty pose, you know, if he, you know, if you maybe have him stand up straight, like <laughs> stiff his chest out a little bit more or something, something. But like this, but what he's doing here, it just doesn't work. <laughs> look, man, you want to know where you find the biggest fans of a property? It's on, like, it's on their 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 subreddits, you know, yeah. their forums, just sure. in that. Yeah. Well, you just—that's just where you're gonna get the biggest fans of the show. Nice. That's gonna—they're gonna defend—they're gonna defend it to the to to the end of the series. 
And when this joint guy dropped, the reaction on the Flash subreddit was awful. Mm-hmm. People saying it looks like it looks like a bad fan Photoshop. It looks like a bad edit. People saying cancel the show. <laughs> Someone was like, "This is a representation of what happened to the, to the quality of the Flash." <laughs> I mean, it's just so they're so they're basically saying what I'm saying. So I'm like, I'm not feeling the mode. I mean, yeah, they crash in the mode, man. That's really morale is really low right now in the in the Flash fandom, and that's that's really sad because in the first two or three seasons, the Flash fandom was. As strong as it gets, one hundred percent for a superhero television series. And yeah, absolutely. And it's like what? It's like what? What? I didn't like. And like again, like for me, it's like I, I just feel like they they don't got the right people in the room. Like they got. I don't like. I know. I don't. I know. It's not. It hasn't been the exact same people that's been doing this. They shuffled this. up the team. Yeah, they shuffled the team every now and then. But like whoever's in this creative team, like they, again, they need just like. They need people who think this series has been terrible for the last five years on this on the show. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it may hurt some feelings. It may make people like make people feel uncomfortable. But like, they need that truth serum because to me, it just feels like a bunch of yes men. Yeah, it just like yeah. only a bunch of yes men look at the pictures that this is the one to go with. Like, just <laughs> there's no objective objective person that can watch this and be like, yeah, that's a great photo to show impulse. They didn't. They didn't like focus group this. I know it's not like the biggest thing in the world, but like, no, they didn't show it again. Like, no, they didn't show it to anyone outside. Say, oh, does, right. it, does this look interesting? But the problem, though, is that I mean, they may have, but they. I mean, the one thing while Kendall could go and say yes, a subreddit hammered this and, because it is what it is. I mean, it's hard not to hammer. But I mean, the Flash has very loyal fans. That's why it's right. still on. Um, that watch every week and love the show, and they have fans who who follow the show closely. And it, you know, it's sometimes like it's funny. It kind of I'll I'll, I'll do a hip hop thing here. Like you know, we're, we're you know, me and Sham are big fans of the rapper Logic, and you know, there was there was this um, thought process that as his career went on, the people that were around him weren't good in telling him. You know, this one, this these songs were good. These songs weren't good, and that that, that resulted in a uh, in a drop in um, quality. Even though he was consistently putting out music that was selling out well, and to, and part of the issue was like we, he needs to stop and he needs to like like not listen to like his millions of fans who are great and they're millions of fans they support him, but like he's got to understand that like what got him here wasn't those people. It was the people like me and Sham, for example, who listen to Young Sinatra mixtapes and who seen his music kind of deteriorate. And I don't know if it worked or not, but last album, great. Like, it was different. It was not what we've seen from him. And maybe he did do that. I don't know. But to me, that again, that's what The Flash needs. I feel like the problem is they have loyal fans who love everything they do. Their actors have millions of followers on social media and they're, they're big stars, like, they have enough people who love everything they're doing that there's never a reason for them to ever question what they're doing. That's when you get in a very danger, dangerous mode. Like, The Flash, I feel like, has been, um, again, creatively very much safe with what they've been doing. And, you know, again, they I just think they got too many people who are working on that show and who are around that show that think everything they do is great. And that's a problem. Again, they need Shamari to be part of the writing team. Like, they... 
you know, he don't even got to be the best writer. He needs to be someone to be like, yo, you all been doing me terrible. You need a different, another set of eyes and ears on what you guys are doing. And I guarantee you, I think you can turn around. Because there's a, the Flash is a great character, and there's enough source material to come up with the amazing stories. The show was, was, was really good at one point. Right, and the show was amazing at one point. So I, I, it's Similar possible. Similar to how Arrow was in a little bit of a lull. I mean, at this point, we have to be real that I think this show's on a bigger lull than in a bigger losing streak than Arrow was on at a time. Yeah, okay, absolutely. 100%. This, this show's been bad for like three, four seasons. Yeah, it's been about three, four seasons It's now. been a while since, <laughs> since Flash has been like yeah. good. Yeah, like, I mean, the only, the last acceptable Flash season was absolutely. Savitar. And yeah, well, yeah, you could argue that wasn't a good season. Yeah, some people hated that season. Yeah, yeah, you could argue yeah, that wasn't a good season, but yeah, that 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 definitely was was the was the beginning of the end, and and, and nothing's been acceptable after that. That's a long time. Yeah, none of this, uh, you know, cicada, out, you know, and then you know, of course, we had the alchemy stuff. But I think that was with Savitar. <laughs> that was with Savitar. Yeah. That but was with Savitar. But yeah, Devo, cicada, Devoe, Bow, Bloodwork, Bloodwork, Mirror Master, and, and none of this stuff has worked. None of it. Now, the rumor, oh, not even rumor, I think they confirmed, um, the first five episodes for next season of The Flash is going to be a crossover event with other DC characters. They so need that desperately. That might get the ball rolling a little bit in terms of a sort of a restart of this of this series. Right. Yeah, um, they, des- they desperately need, they need something like that. I agree with Sham. Like, they need no. something drastic and bold. I don't, I don't trust these writers right now at all. And that's kind of weird that they're already saying that. It's almost like they know, like, yeah, whatever you got this season, it's gonna be good. So let's let's get people excited for starting next season. They want to get they want to get those ratings up. Yeah, because next season is gonna take me a while to want to watch the premiere. I'm not gonna be excited to watch that premiere. I'll be yeah. like, unless I hear there's some crazy villain or there's gonna be some crazy character that I have to see. Otherwise, I'm not based on what I've seen. I'm not incentivized to watch the show. Yeah. So they got a, a crossover event. All right, I mean, I guess I'll check it out. Yeah, if you tell me Supergirl's gonna be in it or a Superman or uh yeah. Batwoman's gonna be in exactly. it. Yeah. You tell me um I guess there's no green Black Lightning. Yeah, you know, maybe. maybe Legends. We don't I mean we don't think that Mel showing up, but again, if you're trying to get me to watch Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah good point. You know, Mel shows up, like those those are the things that's gonna be and that's that's not a that's not a great state for the show yeah, to be in. No. That you need you I need all these guest stars and guest appearances. They didn't need to be like that before. Before that was like those episodes kind of took you out of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, yeah, because the drama within the series season was already really high. Yeah. So yeah, now yeah. those are the episodes that get me to watch. So yeah, so it's a really a weird state for the show. Um, look, man. Yeah, yeah. Look, man. Shout out to Jordan Fisher. Um, again, I I liked I liked the the, the, the not the set photos, the non promotional photos I seen of him in the costume. Hoping he does a good job. Um, and I'm hoping the Flash yeah. turns around because we're all Flash fans. I, I mean, we we really enjoyed this show. Part of the reason why we started this podcast was to talk about this show. Um, so the fact that it's come to this, where three of us are dumbfounded by what the Flash is doing on a now a weekly basis, it sucks. Like it's not. It doesn't make me feel good. Um, but I feel like this show. You know, when talking about it, we need again. It needs truth serum. Like there's. I just feel like there's people over there that think they're just dropping, just bond, they're dropping, you know, you know, uh, heaters, and it's just they're just missing everything, you know. It just hasn't. 
And there are elements of the show that I've liked that they've even introduced over these last two years or so. But it hasn't. none of it has ever culminated into a good season or even a good stretch of episodes. Like You'll get a one good episode every now and then, but you won't get a good five, six, seven episode run, which we were getting consistently the first two seasons. And I'm not saying I, I need to be at that level, but it doesn't need to be this bad. Um, it does not need to be this bad at all. Uh, real quickly, guys, before we get out of here, I do think it's important to note that we should say that um, it is official also that Titans will be coming to HBO Max in August for season three. That Ooh. was announced this week. Uh, I'm, and I'm, 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 look, man, Titans is a it's an interesting show, man. It uh, replaced Gotham. It's a spiritual successor to Gotham. <laughs> it is. It is a spiritual successor to Gotham in that it's there are things you could watch about this and really enjoy and be really invested in, and they'll do things, and you're just like, I can't even begin to understand why they did that or why it looked like that. Um, but uh, I'm still excited to see where things go. I mean, we know oh. we're getting Red Hood. Um, we know we're getting Tim Drake. More Blackfire. More Blackfire. So a lot of stuff to juggle, but this show has not been afraid to juggle that- things in the past. Why are we getting Red Hood and Blackfire in the same piece? But it's Titans, so <laughs> yeah, it does not matter. Bruce Wayne last season. <laughs> when we had Cadmus and we had Deathstroke, it's like why? Because it's Titans. It don't matter. No, the one thing I will say, and I've seen people say this, is is I really hope we finally have a season where the team is together. They're not even. I don't even know if I call them a team. They're just friends or yeah. like acquaintances, like. <laughs> You know, like, I don't know if I'd call them even a team or friends. Like, I'm really hoping we have a season where they're truly together. Again, even if they're not even a team, but just together as friends for the majority of the season. Like, we, we've seen two seasons now where they've been split up for the majority of both seasons. First season makes a little more sense. Second season, some of it was by design because Deathstroke picked them apart, but... But some of it also kind of took you out because they're they're they when they're all together they're pretty good and I hope that that's something we get in, in season three again you know Titans is is a is a roller coaster ride uh, again of really cool awesome content and again content that just makes you shake your head um, but the HBO Max thing will be interesting because that this is a new wrinkle that we don't know what that means does that change anything in terms of uh, what they're allowed to do and not do and you know. To me, the first two seasons of Titans were definitely like love letters to DC fans, and it was on the DC universe that made sense. Like, I wonder if they're uh, they won't be as much of the fan service stuff in this show now that's on HBO Max, and you're trying to perhaps maybe pull in wider audiences. So, it's interesting. Interesting to see. I'm excited to, for August to get here so we can see what they actually have. I want to give a. Uh... Give a shout out to uh, Daniel RPK as well. I know we, we like to keep track of uh, you know the the record on some of these some of these scoopers. Um, he said the day before that Eternals trailer came out that tomorrow we get a major trailer, right. major Disney hey. major Disney trailer. A lot of people thought it was Jungle Cruise. I remember I told you tomorrow that like, I guess we're getting a Jungle Cruise trailer tomorrow. Yeah. And he did Eternals, and yep, it ended up being Eternals. So um, yeah, shout out. That's the second time. Remember he had the, the Spider Man. Not Spider-Man. Oh, you know, yeah, Spider-Man. Uh, was it Spider-Man? I forget. I, I Shang-Chi, I think it was. 
I think he said okay. it was it was supposed to be. But regardless, uh he's been pretty he's been pretty good on these because obviously we haven't had a Spider Man trailer yet. But he's been pretty good on these uh maybe it was a title, that's what it was. It's mm-hmm. Spider Man title when it came out. But he's pretty good on, on some of these scoops when it comes to promotional material. So um whether or not he knows anything about what's in these movies, I don't know. But uh something to pay attention to as we continue uh giving you guys these stories. That's what's up, man. But I think that's going to do it for this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to us. We've certainly enjoyed having this conversation and having you guys listen to us. Of course, if you want to catch all of our shows, be sure to check us out on the New Generation Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on uh, YouTube, New Generation Media. Make sure you catch our social media accounts. We're on Facebook, New Generation Media. Twitter, New Generation Pod, and Instagram, New Generation Podcast. You can find us individually on social media. Uh, I can be found on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. Instagram, Action EJ. Uh, Shamar can be found on Instagram and Snapchat, MC Sham 22. And Kendall could be found on Twitter at New Gen Ken. Thank you guys so much for checking us out once again. For Kendall, for Shamari, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.